Brilliant. Well, uh, it's great to, to be with you uh, this morning. And for those of you who've been around over the, the last few weeks, you'll know that recently we've been focusing on the idea of freedom. Um, yesterday we got together, as I mentioned earlier on, and to raise awareness and support um, for Hope for Justice and the work that they're doing to end modern day slavery. Um, and they're working for, for people who have no freedom in a very real way, in a very physical way. And are, you know, they're exploited in ways that all of us would recognize um, as them losing their freedom. But the reality is that in one way or another, freedom is something that all of us want and all of us need. You know, whether that be freedom from past hurts, whether that be freedom from insecurities or worries or fears, whether that be freedom from cycles of bad habits and bad decisions or that we feel trapped in, or freedom to express ourselves most fully, freely, freedom to be the people that, that we feel we were made to be. And the good news that we've been talking about over the last few weeks is that just as freedom is our greatest need, so freedom is God's great purpose. Isn't that fantastic? And the whole reason that Jesus came and walked among us, the whole reason that Jesus died on the cross, the whole reason that Jesus rose again to new life and invites us into relationship with him here and now today is so that we can know freedom. So that we could first of all be set free. So that we could be forgiven and set free from guilt and set free from our past, set free from our old way of living and the fears and the insecurities and the cycles of the bad decisions. So that we would have a new start, so that we could be a new creation, so that we could have a new identity as children of God. And then last week, Tyler began to share with us how how God has even more for us than just setting us free from the old. How God's heart for us and God's purpose for us is that in our lives, that we would not only be set free, but that we would be transformed so that we could be people who are living free. People who enjoy life to the full, as God always intended it for us. And then as part of that, Tyler shared how God's plan for us is to live with a purpose that is bigger than ourselves. And to look outwards. And and how we can love one another and serve one another. And he finished with a practical encouragement um, for you to choose someone, to think of someone, and then to think about a way that you can practically love them or serve them during the week. And then put that idea into action. And if you did that in the last week, then well done. Well done. And I want to encourage you, though, not to treat this like a box that's been ticked but like a lifestyle that you've started on. And to continue to look for opportunities to go out of your way and to put love for others into action. And and if you didn't manage to do that in the last week, either because you weren't there and you didn't know about it or because you forgot or for whatever reason it might be, then let me encourage you that it is not too late. And for you to be thinking and praying and looking for what opportunities you have in the next week to put that love into action and to serve the people around you. So this morning, as Tyler began talking about living free, I want to continue to talk about what it means to be living, people who are living free. Practically, how do we start to experience greater freedom in our lives? And it may be that as we've, as we've been talking about being set free, and you, you've thought, that's great, 
You've thought, I want that, and I've given my life to Jesus, but the reality is that I'm still struggling in these different areas. I'm still battling with fear and insecurities. I'm still battling with the same temptations and making bad decisions. Still got the things from the past that are holding on to me. Or it may be that as you heard Tyler talking about uh, living free and loving others and serving others, you thought, that's fantastic, that's right, and I want to do it. But as you've set out to do that in this last week, or maybe as you've been trying, setting out to do that over years in your life, you're frustrated because the reality is that if you're honest with yourself, you keep finding yourself coming back to the same self-focused ways of thinking. And I think part of the reason for all of this is that deep down, we're all what I want to call DIYers. You know, most of you will know that Rosie and I um, recently bought our first house. And um, when you, with buying our first house, we have ventured pretty much for the first time into the world of DIY. And let me say, it's not always pretty. Um, you know, we, we've all got different capabilities um, when it comes to DIY. And I have to be honest and say that while I'll have a go at pretty much anything, I, um, let's just say I'm more than happy to ask for help. We'll put it that way. You know, but for some of you, though, you're expert DIYers. And you'll probably feel confident to tackle anything. You know, but wherever you are on the spectrum, whether you're like me or whether you're an expert when it comes to DIY, for every single one of us, there will be DIY jobs that are beyond us. Whether that be because beyond you because you don't have the right tools, or beyond you because actually it's something which needs two or three people to do it and you can't do it on your own, or whether it be beyond your capabilities like me. Um, I don't know how many of you ever watched the old TV show, um, Home Improvement, and um, the main character in it is a guy called Tim the Tallman Taylor. Uh, he, and Tim was a DIYer to the extreme. Uh, he even ran a live TV show where he and, and his friend Al would give tips on people on really how not to do DIY, if I'm honest. He, he loved his power tools. Uh, he had, was full of bright ideas and all these different ways that he could fix things and make things better. And he pretty much lived by the philosophy, let's just give it a go. See what happens. It'll be fun. Everything will be fine. You'll see. Tim had lots of good ideas. And he was always determined to do it himself. But things didn't always work out too well for him, did they? He'd hurt himself or he'd end up destroying his house. And, and you know, while so far we've just been talking about DIY around the house, the reality is that we can all have a DIY attitude when it comes to the rest of our lives. You know, we think we know best and we have lots of really good ideas and we want to do the right thing. And so we set out to the best of our ability And we're determined that this time, I'm going to get it right. This time, it'll be different. We're determined to live free. We're even determined to live God's way. But what we find is that despite our best intentions, time after time, things don't go too well. And here's the thing, none of us can do it on our own. God did not design us to be DIYers. We all need help. We all have times when we need extra comfort. When we need someone to come alongside us with advice and guidance and to help us. When we feel weak and we need someone to come alongside us and encourage us and strengthen us. When we feel alone. And we need someone to come alongside us and just simply stand with us. And the great news is that because God did not design you to be a DIYer. He does not leave you to try to be. You know, there is such a person who is all those things that you need and he is alive and he is well on planet earth today and he is here in the midst with us this morning. 
and he is called the Holy Spirit. Jesus speaks of him in John 14, verses 16 to 17, where in the Amplified Version it says this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. This is amazing news. And Jesus is speaking to his his followers and he's about to go to the cross. He's about to die and to be resurrected and to go to be with the Father in heaven. In other words, after three years of sharing his life, day in, day out with his followers, he's about to leave them. This is a big deal. And Jesus' promise is that he is going to send another. And that word another means another just like me. Who will come and do what I would do if I was there. Who will be your helper, your comforter, your guide, your strengthener. In fact, a little later, Jesus goes so far as to say, not only will you not lose out when I go to heaven because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, but actually it's going to be better for you. That's a big statement to make, isn't it? How can it be better for us and for Jesus' followers to have, have Jesus in heaven and the Holy Spirit with us rather than Jesus himself physically with us here and now today? And I'll tell you why. It's because when Jesus was physically with us in a human body by the Sea of Galilee, guess where he wasn't? He wasn't here in St. Austell, or in St. Blasey, or in Roach. He was in Israel, and so he couldn't be in Cornwall at the same time. And the good news is that here and now, Jesus, who is alive and is present with us by his Holy Spirit, because he sent his Holy Spirit, he can now be present everywhere, forever, without any limits. That means that he is with us in the good times and in the bad times. It means that he's he's with you when you're asleep and when you're awake. It means he's with you when you're at work and when you're at home. It means that he's with you here and now when you're in church listening to me. The Holy Spirit is present all of the time. Isn't that amazing news? And this is what the followers of Jesus experienced then. Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem after he died until they received the Holy Spirit. And a few weeks later then they were gathered together and they were, they were praying together and suddenly the Holy Spirit showed up. They'd never experienced it before. It was nothing like they'd ever known. And they were transformed to live free. They had a new boldness to share about Jesus. And they began to experience the, the gifts of the Spirit and to see miracles happening. And whenever new people then put their faith in Jesus, they would lay hands on them and they would pray that they would be filled with the Spirit too. And this went on and on so that it became the normal thing for for a follower of Jesus, that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That they would experience the Holy Spirit's work in their life, enabling them and empowering them to be people who were living free. And it may be that when you became a Christian, you experienced the work of the Holy Spirit immediately. Even if you didn't know to call it that at that time. 
It may be that there was an instant change, an instant breaking of an addiction, an instant shift in your attitude or in your heart. But even if that's been the case, I imagine there are other areas in your lives where it hasn't been instant and where it's actually been a matter of gradual change. And what happens for all of us when the Holy Spirit moves in is that that God, through the Holy Spirit, begins to birth change, begins to birth a transformation within our lives, begins to enable us to live in real freedom. If, if we will cooperate with him. If we will cooperate with him. So the real question that I want us to think about together this morning is if God's purpose is to set us free and to enable us to live free. And he has provided us with a helper, with the Holy Spirit, to enable and empower us in that freedom. How do we cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit? How do we learn to to walk more and more in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit? And if we're going to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and to walk more in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, then for me, one of the key things that we all need to do is to develop a closer friendship with the Spirit. You see, I think part of the problem that we can have, and I think this is something which is probably true for nearly all of us, part of the problem that we can have with the Holy Spirit is that because he's invisible and we can't see him, we don't, and we don't really have a framework by which to understand him. See, how how many of you find it easier to get your head around the concept of God the Father and to get your head around the concept of Jesus as God the Son? Somehow it's easier to understand the Father and the Son than it is the Spirit because we've got no framework by which to, to understand who he is. You know, but what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, as he prays for the Christians, there is this. And, and these are words that for some of you, you'll be really familiar with. And so I'm, I'm going to read them from um, the message translation so that they hit home in a fresh way. This is what Paul writes. He writes that we might know the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God the Father. And the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. I find that phrase just incredible. Now that this might be something that we don't just know up here in our heads, but that we would experience in a tangible way on a daily basis. And it might be that you know something of the love of God. And it might be that you know something of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ at work in your life. And I really hope that you do. But my question is, do you know what it is to have an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit? No, it can be so easy to begin to think of the Holy Spirit as simply a kind of power or a force that we experience that enables us and that gives gifts out. But the reality is that the Holy Spirit is a person. And he wants to have a friendship with you. In an intimate way. Now if you've invited him into your life, then he is with you always, 24-7. And he is at work to guide you and to lead you every day. He's there to bring the Bible to life and to highlight God's truth to you. When you face challenges and disappointments, he's there to comfort you. When you're feeling weak and you're not sure how you can go on, he's there to lift you up and to encourage you and strengthen you. 
When you're feeling tempted and under attack, he's there to guard you. God is with you as your helper 24-7 for all eternity. There is no better friend than the Holy Spirit. And Paul talks about what our relationship with the Holy Spirit looks like in Galatians 5. It's a chapter we keep coming back to. It's a fantastic chapter on freedom. And in verse 16, he writes this. He says, So I say live by the Spirit, or walk by the Spirit, or go with the Spirit, or live in tune with the Spirit. Essentially, have a close friendship with the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And by the flesh, Paul is talking about the desires and the temptations within us that gravitate towards evil things, that gravitate towards selfishness and wrong thinking. And we all know what kind of things these are, but just in case, Paul lists a few of them out for us. A couple of verses later, in verses 19 to 21, where he says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. We all know them. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. Now Paul lists out all these different things that could damage relationships, that could cause harm to us or harm to other people. And then he finishes with this little phrase, and the like. Essentially you fill in the blank. You know what it is. It's obvious. And what Paul is saying is, if you learn to live in tune with the Spirit, and this is something that you learn to do, it's not something that just happens overnight. At the end of the day, you will no longer carry out the desires of the flesh. All these things that cause harm to you, that break relationships, that cause harm to other people, all these things which are essentially motivated by selfishness, you will stop doing them. Why? Because as we live in tune with the Spirit, as we develop a closer, more intimate relationship and friendship with the Spirit, two things, I think, happen. First thing is that we begin to experience more of the Spirit's power at work, helping us and enabling us. But also a change happens in our heart as we realize that all of these different things that we can do grieve our friend who is with us. And out of love and care for our friend who we're living life with and is with us in every moment, we stop doing things that grieve him. And we start to instead live in a way that we we know will please him and that he likes. Isn't that what happens in your closest friendships? There's things that you know hurt someone and upset them and grieve them. You stop doing them because you care about the person. And if there's things you know will bring them pleasure and joy, you go out of your way to do them. Because you care for them. And Paul gives us a picture of what the Holy Spirit likes and what will grow in us as we live in tune with the Spirit and growing closer friendship with him in verses 22 to 23. Where he writes, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, because we're all DIYers, here's what's probably happening inside most of you right now. Your internal processing is that there is this list of things that you need to stop doing and this list of things that you need to start doing and you need to start spending more time with the Holy Spirit and you need to do this and you need to do that. Essentially, I need to be more self-controlled 
and spend my time in a better way. And do you know what? I think this is where we miss out. This is where we miss out on the freedom that God really has for us. Because you see, following Jesus isn't about growing in self-control and working hard to be a good person so that we do this or we do that. That's actually going back to the DIY mentality. And God never designed us to be a DIYer. Following Jesus is about growing and experiencing the love of God. Growing and experiencing the grace of Jesus. Growing in intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. And out of that place, as we live in tune with the Holy Spirit, we'll begin to see our behavior transform and to experience what it means to live free. Let me just try and unpack this for a moment because I think it's really important. You know, a DIY mentality is essentially about being committed to something. It's saying, I'm committed and I'm determined to do what's right. Walking according to the Spirit is about being surrendered to someone. You know, following Jesus is not about commitment to something. It's about surrender to someone. And there's a big difference between the two. Commitment says, here's what I'm going to do. And surrender says, just show me where to go. Now a DIY mentality is about following a list. Walking according to the Spirit is about following a person. You know, there is nothing intimate or personal about following a list of rules. But there's something very personal about following the promptings and the leadings of the Holy Spirit. It's like if you're on a journey and God just gave you a map and said, well, here's where you need to go. Find your way. You're just following the directions. Whereas instead, God, you're on a journey. God says, let me get in the car and I'll take you there. Let me come with you. Following Jesus isn't about a religion and a sense of, of doing things to please God and get it right. It's about a relationship. You know, a DIY mentality is about staying between the guardrails. It's about saying, I know that there's these things which I need to do and there's these rules and there's these rules and I'm not going to stray too far to the left or too far to the right. It's like you're driving on a road and you've got your eyes fixed on the crash barriers on either side. And you're trying to just keep away from the crash barriers. Whereas walking by the Spirit is like keeping your eye on the car in front of you and just being fixed on following them. It's different. Now, walking by the Spirit, living by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit is about growing in intimate friendship with the Spirit. And it takes time. Just as developing any relationship, any friendship takes time. It takes time in a literal sense of simply spending time with God. Sitting in His presence, welcoming Him into every area of your life. Spending time reading his word, reading the Bible, spending time praying. But it also takes time in the sense of it takes time to get to know somebody. It takes time to get to know God. It takes time to get to, to know his voice and to be sensitive to his voice. It takes time to learn to trust him and to be obedient to his promptings. You know, when God sets us free and invites us to enjoy life living free, 
It isn't so that when we get up in the morning, our driving motivation is that I'm determined to do it right. I'm determined to be good. It's so that when we get up in the morning, we know that we are embarking on a great adventure of living that day in relationship with God. It's an invitation to grow in intimate friendship with God, to learn to follow him. It's so that when we get up in the morning, it's saying, I'm, I'm surrendering. Today I want to live paying attention to you. Walking with the Holy Spirit. Because I know I can't do it alone. I know that being a DIYer is just going to land me in a mess. I need help. And when I live life by the Spirit, that's when I will experience the greatest freedom. So I want to encourage you when you wake up each day this week. To begin the day by saying to God, please help me today. To keep in step with your spirit. To grow in intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. To pay attention to your promptings. I know I've got a tendency to think I know best. I know I've got a tendency to just go my own way and to get caught up in all the busyness and the jobs and the things to do and trying to do this and that and make it right. Help me, God, just to keep in step with you. To realize when I'm going my own way and just as pause and stop and allow you to bring me back in step with you. You know, and if this will become the habit and the practice of your life, I guarantee you that as you grow in closer relationship and closer friendship with the Holy Spirit, you will experience more of life living free. It's not something that happens overnight, but slowly over time, as you grow in friendship with the Spirit, you will find your thoughts and your attitudes beginning to be transformed and to change and to come in line with His. You will find your insecurities and your fears beginning to be dealt with and to be healed and to you to grow in confidence and boldness as you trust him. Now the great promise of God is that if you are struggling in life and feel trapped and stuck and you can't get yourself out of, out of the mess, if you're, yeah, yeah, you, you can't seem to, to manage by just self-control and discipline to change the things that you struggle with. The great promise is that you were never designed to. You were never designed to do it alone. God designed you to need a helper. That's the great secret of how to do it. It's to have a helper. The Holy Spirit at work in your life to transform you, to empower you, and to enable you to live the life that God has for you. So I want to encourage you through this week not to try and go it alone. To start every day coming back to the Holy Spirit. To start every day prioritizing your friendship with him consciously, actively. To surrender your day to him and to ask God to help you to be sensitive and obedient to his promptings. And I don't know about you, but as I've prepared for today, I was just so struck with that, that one little statement. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. It's such a beautiful phrase, isn't it? And it captured my heart. 
And I know the amazing love of God, and I know the amazing grace of Jesus Christ, and I rejoice, and I praise him, and it's fantastic, and I want nothing else, but do you know what? I would love to grow in closer friendship with the Holy Spirit. To make that a priority in my life. And I hope you do too. So to finish this morning, I want to give us an opportunity An opportunity for all of us because Paul writes elsewhere in Ephesians 5 verse 18 about how we're to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. That receiving the Holy Spirit into our lives isn't a one-off thing. It's about a lifestyle of continually being filled. Continually coming back to develop that friendship and grow closer to him.